Welcome back to our podcast. Hi, it's Brittany and Kayla. And, and this, this is, is Red, Red Balloons. Balloons. Here we go again. Here we go. Episode back, two. Back for back in black. Back for more. Back for more. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming. We had a very rough go at getting our recording schedule together this time. I feel like I it overextended my capacity. You were very popular this Which week. I, I never <laughs> ever do. This is mm. the first time this has ever happened that you've overbooked yourself. Where I made too many plans. Uh, hmm. the interesting first, thought. It'll probably never happen again. Probably not. Mm. Then our power went out, so that was fun. Mm. Lights out. Lights out. Wasn't that so when did you think that was exciting when you were a kid? When the power went out? Uh-huh. It was always yeah. so exciting to me when I was a yeah. kid. And we lost power last week, as you, as you know. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Like, I it would get annoyed. It would go downhill real fast. I could see it. Like, there's an amount of time that it's fun, yeah. but then it's not fun anymore. Yeah. It has to be the right temperature. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, we had we had a time where, when we were in our old house, and it was 95 degrees outside, and we yeah. were without power for three or four days, and yeah. that was awful. No point. Yeah, that and that's awful. no days. I'm talking, like, a couple hours is fun. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, I'm going to just, I think it forces you to relax. Yeah, for sure. Because what can you do productively without power? Hmm. Anyway. Can read. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got the studio all back back and yep. running. John in the booth. We're back with John in the booth. John's you, in the Johnny. booth, and he got us all situated, and I was being a little persnickety there before we started, but... A little. I'm feeling good. <laughs> the location of my mic, the volume in my mm-hmm. headphones, the balance of the audio. It's good? It feels right. Okay. Good. It feels right. Good. Do you have any current events you'd like to discuss <sighs> this week, or were you too busy to know what was going on currently? I feel like... Current events, man. So I feel like I know what's going on currently. Everything is a dumpster fire is my summary. Well, true. And that's all. That's it. I don't think I have anything interesting to say about current events. I'm interesting to see. I'll be interested to see how everything goes with former President Trump surrender on Tuesday. I think that'll be an interest. It's an interesting time to be alive in history, no matter where Mm -hmm. where you are. True. That's true. So. I'm curious about that. Yeah, That's I'm all. curious to see how that, that how it goes out as well. We'll see, I guess. Yep. I um, my only like current event was, and you like this too, baseball. Opening oh yeah, day. yeah, yeah, Opening yeah. Day happened this week. Yeah. So that was exciting for a little while, and and then we moved on from it. So I have been reading like mm-hmm. a massive amount of books. Mm-hmm. Like I'm housing a book every two to three days. Mm-hmm. And of course, for those of you that don't know, I've been like reading endless romance novels, so <laughs> all of the men are perfect and, you know. Yeah, just like real life. Just like real life. They do everything perfectly, and if they do it wrong, then they apologize. Immediately. Immediately. Or sometimes delayed, but it all ends out good in the end. Yeah. So in any case, I'm like reading all these books, and, you know, all these guys have all these things. So here's the question that I have. Okay. If you were going to choose to date someone, okay, would you want to date someone who had a fancy car, mm. uh, a fancy boat, mm. or a private jet? Mm. 
None of those? I don't know. But, you know, I don't have great experience on the water with safety. (laughs) With safety. (laughs) And not needing to get rescued by the Coast Guard. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that story. (laughs) So I feel like... How old were you when that happened, though? Oh. Old enough. Like, 27 or 20. I was in my... That was that like just happened? Yes. Oh, Don't you like remember that? I do. Yeah, probably like twenty seven. Hmm. <laughs> Care so, to elaborate? So, long story short, I agreed to go sailing with friends to help move their like family sailboat up to a closer slip near them. And I was very honest that I did not know anything about <laughs> sailing. What I didn't know was that they were not honest about how little they also (laughs) knew about sailing. (laughs) So, uh, basically, long story short, the boat had a ton of problems. It hadn't been, like, super well-maintained. One person backed out. Actually, my closest friend backed out in this situation and was like, I'm not coming because none of you know what you're doing and this isn't safe. When there were, like, all these issues. I would like to say Asterix was actually not me. Right. Although, yeah, yeah. that that would would have been me. Like, peace. Mm -hmm. So, I ended up staying with the people I didn't even really know as well because they were like, well, can you stay? And I was like, okay. So, (laughs) when my friend, like, stormed off. Anyway. So, we ended up leaving late. Had all this stuff to fix before we could get in the water. Left late. Long story short, we took ended up taking on... The engine failed, briefly caught on fire, and then failed. Or maybe failed first and then caught on fire. I don't know. It's a small fire. And then I called 911. Well, first I called on the radio, and no one like immediately responded. <laughs> but they didn't... It turned out they had heard me. Apparently, that's a big deal if you're like, hey... The engines fail on fire and we're taking on water. <laughs> Even if someone's not immediately like, hey, what's up? They, it's out listening. there. There's somebody listening, which is reassuring. But I think, no to know. confirmation. It That's didn't come little... immediately. I was just moving on. Yeah. So I called 911 from my like tiny one bar of service. And we, so they sent the Coast Guard. We were taking on water. By the time the Coast Guard, when I when I called, I think there was like two inches of water in the cabin. And when I called, or when they got there, there was over 11. There was almost a foot of water in the cabin. <laughs> so they had to pump the water out to be able to tow the boat because that's so much heavy, so much heavier. Well, so yeah. we were in fish structure. I had packed a flashlight that ended up being basically the only working light on like the boat, like the boat, like the lights around the boat didn't work. Like at the at the exterior of the boat, those were one of the things that didn't work. So we were using my like flashlight to navigate like fish structure, which is like fish netting set up in water. And it was terrifying actually at the time because I thought we were going to end up in the water. So I had like my I changed into like like clo- like. Lululemon, like my Under Armour closed, like thinking we were going to be like floating in the water. Oh, blew up the dinghy. It had holes in it. So there was no like craft. So the Coast Guard gets there and I'm like, okay. I just like went to like jump the like couple feet into the boat. And the man, the guy was like, ma'am, you have to get in the cage. So they like sent the cage over with the arm, like boop, boop, boop. And now you had to get in the cage, like, one at a time and get, like, lifted 
over to the boat, which was not necessary. That doesn't sound Overkill. necessary. Overkill. <laughs> and I was like, I can just jump. And the guy was like, ma'am, we're going to need you to sit down in like his bullhorn. You're now yeah. last off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> like leave me behind and then they like wrap you in like the silver like emergency blanket <laughs> um what kind of weather was it it was cold was and it rainy cold? it was cold yeah i mean it wasn't like freezing temperatures but like in the 40s or 50s and it was wet it had been raining so we were wet it mm. was cold so in any case boats uh, my, are out the answer yeah <laughs> so boats i think could be fun but also like how much are you really going to go out i do not care not one bit about somebody's car so definitely not a car. I think hmm. a boat would be fun. I also think a private jet would be super fun. And I mean, flying is so terrible. So that would be like amazing to have a private jet. But I just cannot do that to the environment. I don't think in good I knew conscience. You were say that like in about good the environment. Like, like I just couldn't enjoy it. Or like, but I mean, flying commercial stinks. Yeah, and you could just be like, I want to go X place right, right now. Right now, and not have to like right go now. early and wait and like get licked by a kid or whatever. What <laughs> just happened to me on a plane? I mean, that's my number one concern when I fly commercial. <laughs> so, like, getting, getting licked, like, by, I've been a licked child. by a child. I licked, it licked on my a plane? arm. It licked my arm. Yes. Anyway. Why? Because it's a child. child. Yeah, it's a rabid <laughs> child. I don't know. But yeah, so I guess. extra for a ticket to take on a rabbit child? So I was like, I would say private jet, but I just cannot ignore the implications. And it feels like selfish to me. If there's anyone listening with a private jet, first of all, invite us on it. Yes. So also, I don't judge you. We're using the maximum number of seats. We'll come with you. Yeah. And then it'll be more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think because you know about like the level of radiation on a plane? That it's like when you get a CAT scan, it's like it's the equivalent of like flying this many miles of like radiant exposure. I wonder if that's more or less on a private jet or if it doesn't matter. I have no idea. Okay, never I mind. I know there was radiation. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, that's a big thing. Huh. You're super hmm. exposed to radiation when you fly. It's kind of a thing for like people that tr- like pilots or flight mm-hmm. attendants and things like that. I had no idea. Anyway, what would you, all all of that to say, what would you choose? Uh, Well, I mean, a car isn't exciting on the level of like excitement of it, but if you have a really fancy, fast sports car, that could be fun. Like, what would it be to you? Like, what's a fancy, exciting sports car to you? I don't know. Probably something I don't know how to pronounce. Oh. Like a Bugatti or something. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know what Bugattis look like, to be honest. I don't either. I don't know. Like, that could be fun if I wasn't somewhere warm, probably. But, like, if I am somewhere where boating could occur year-round, then I would maybe choose boat. Because it's like a hobby. Yeah, yeah, you can do it all the time. Fish. I don't know, probably the plane, because then you can just go anywhere. You can yeah. go anywhere and everywhere with snacks. It's also hard, I think, as a person to feel accountability about climate change when it's like so many corporations are doing Like, that's the onus is on major corporations that are not caring about it. And so it's like, YOLO, maybe. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, like, bring my compost home from work right. in my lunch bag. So, like, I can't let it go. But it's also, like, corporations, if you're listening to this podcast. And We'd love to be sponsored. Oh. However. If you 
please you, be green. Yes. Don't just be one of the big climate change offenders and not care. That's two podcasts and two times we brought up climate change. Did we talk about it last time? Yeah, we did. Oh, I don't know. I have to say something about something we talked about last time. Oh. Very briefly, we talked about it. I mentioned that my deodorant was burning my pits. No, I was not where I thought you were going. Okay. And listen, a friend who listened to the podcast messaged me about it. No, you did not know. When yes. people are like, I got so many DMs. No, this, about- I got one, and it's real. I don't want to say your name because that's, I, maybe she doesn't want to be. Whoever named. you are that listened to our <laughs> podcast, that's our friend. No, not you. You don't know her. I don't think you've ever met her. I have friends well, you've never she, met. <laughs> that's not surprising. But listen, I'm just saying that she was like, hey, about this, it happened to me, you need to get it without this. So you were so dismissive and were like, no, we're not talking about mm-hmm. that. And I just want to say someone cared. Over. Okay, that's the end. I'm just saying someone cared. Or 19 listens, one person. <laughs> yes, that's a cared. lot. That's a it's lot a high of percentage. percentage. Yes. I'll tell you what percentage that is. I thought you were going to wanted to talk about your New York well, Times. Oh, yeah. So that's two weeks. No. It hasn't been delivered in two weeks. That's 5% of the listeners. Oh, yeah, because it's almost 20. It's all, 19's almost 20, and it's one. No, I just wanted to see what it was specifically. So, oh, my gosh, and I didn't submit last week my missing paper. I'm doing it right now. That's why we were going to do the paper update so that it you didn't, can... Well, I missed it last it week, so... New York Times, fairy, bring me my paper. Maybe it's just a quarterly paper. <laughs> You got it before the first quarter ended, so maybe now you'll get one in June. Maybe I hope not. I hope it. Co- I hope it comes. I like it, you know. Anyway, that's the it update. Was a letdown. It's a letdown for sure. Although not surprising. Because is there had anything been... else you need to rehash? No, I think that's it. Any other secret listeners out there that were really concerned about? I think one. I think five percent of the. I think that's significant. I don't know that that is significant. Because that means that 95% didn't care at all. Well, if they had been given the opportunity to hear the whole story. Mm, I don't think that's really it. Well, on that note, let's go on a break. Time for a break. Time for a break. Hello and welcome back. We're back. We're back. I have something very important I need to talk about. Okay. I went on a cinematic adventure. Okay. And it has been quite some time since I went on a cinematic adventure. And um, I, all of our listeners who listen so far know that I'm obsessed with Zach Braff. Yes. So most people know Zach Braff simply as the actor who was on the TV sitcom Scrubs. Was he the lead? Yes. Okay. Which we talked about last week. Yeah, that you love Scrubs. That I love Scrubs. However, he also is a film writer and director. Okay. So he just put out his third movie that he wrote and directed. And it stars uh, Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh. And it's called A Good Person. And it changed my life. The movie changed your It life? really honestly was one of the best movies oh. I think I've ever seen. And I had John go with me, and he was even like, he was like, that was an A-plus movie. And he's oh. not always super in on, like, what I'm in on yeah. cinematically. Shared. 
so interest that way. Yeah. I was like watching it as the release was coming up, and they only released it in 150 theaters because okay. it's so hard to get actual theater release if you're not like a blockbuster, like an Avengers or like okay. John Wick 4 came out. And so it's like if it's not these big, huge blockbuster okay. movies, these smaller kind of indie films are just a lot of them are going straight release. Oh, to like Netflix, to Netflix or, or Amazon or whatever. So it was yeah. pretty great that he even got the opportunity to have because he a does it on release. his own, like, uh, whatever production studio like he doesn't no, go this through, was he doesn't with go, like, mgm oh okay. they did it through oh, mgm okay um so he it was 150 theaters so i got on and actually it was like three or four theaters in our area that were showing it yeah so um i got tickets and we went because i wanted to support it opening weekend because the numbers on oh. opening weekend determine so, yeah if it'll open in more theaters or stay in yeah. theaters and i, I just like that's like, what it looks like yeah, yeah, yeah i wanted yeah. to do that which they added i think a another 50 or 100 theaters for because this you weekend went? because i went i single-handedly you're welcome zach um, braff you're welcome zach braff so in any case um the movie was it's a it's a story about grief and addiction and okay. so it's a young woman that goes through a very traumatic event in her life and because of that and because of her depression she falls into addiction okay and then it's kind of her story of trying to become sober and get over this terrible awful thing that happened to her um and kind of the odd friends that she finds along mm. the way i cried I was counting. When I got to 10, I don't know how many more times I cried. You kept crying. I just kept crying. Much like you when we saw Ira Glass. <laughs> and I was crying you for were no crying reason. for no reason for the first just, 20 minutes. Yeah. I, But I was very moved by it. And so, uh, as I do when I read something or I watch something and I'm super into it, I like to pay attention to it on social media sure so i started commenting on all of zach's posts about it like hey i went and saw it it was a great movie you know and just being supportive sharing some of his stuff on my instagram story and whatnot and he liked mm -hmm. he liked a comment of mine uh -huh. and i nearly fell out of my chair it was the best moment of my life <laughs> maybe even better than marrying john in the booth and then the next morning, he commented uh -huh. on a on a comment that I left three red hearts. So mm. we'll be getting married next week. Okay, that'll be coming up. <laughs> coming Stay up on tuned the, everyone on, on the podcast, three. and we'll keep you posted. My nuptials. Is, that, is he married? No. He's oh. Not. So interestingly enough, he wrote this movie during COVID. Okay. So he was on lockdown, and at the time he was dating Florence Pugh. So he like wrote I this do not know movie. Who that she's is. like very, very famous, and I know not one thing about okay. her. She's just in like every movie that means anything right now. So I think because I watched the Oscars this year, I which I, I this might be the first time I've ever watched in its entirety the Oscar program. I don't even know anything about movies that come out. I don't know anyone. <laughs> So it's like what? But I actually say I, re I really enjoyed watching them. But I think she might have been a presenter Probably. or something because I'm sure. it's spelled. How do you spell it? It's not like pew pew pew. It's like 
is it P-U-G-H? P-O-G-H? I think it's, yeah, I think it's P-U-G-H. I don't know. G-H, yeah. It's not P-U-P-E-W. Pew, pew, pew. So in any case, I don't really know her, but they dated. But So that's so nice. You know what? I think it really speaks well of people when they break up and are still friends and can still, like, work together professionally. Well, they, so they were, I believe, together. Oh. Still while it was filming. Oh. However, he has been nothing but... Hmm. overly supportive of her as her talents as an actress and like in the promotion of the film and like how wonderful she is and how talented she is Hmm. and how her talent is so raw and she doesn't need coaching and and all these things so it is it's very it's very nice i don't know why they broke up there was like a rumor so she's in her 20s and he's in his 40s okay so there was like a big age gap and Hmm. they got like i guess a lot of like um Hmm like negative attention emotion and attention about that but in any case he had written it because he went through a series of very difficult things in his life um he in 2016 his sister had a terrible aneurysm Mm. that didn't kill her initially but basically completely ruined her life and she did eventually pass, I think, like, in 2018 because oh, of, of the aneurysms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his dad was diagnosed with cancer and mm-hmm. died. Um, and then when they were in lockdown for COVID, he had a friend that was the Broadway star yeah, yeah. So, who got COVID and yeah. passed. And they were living in Zach Braff's guest house yeah. when that happened. So that's so funny. It's not funny at all, but it's not ironic because that's a misuse of the word irony but it's interesting that you say that because i don't think we talked about that at that time but i was gonna say that's like the only thing i know about zach braff is i started mm-hmm. following nick cordero's yeah, wife yeah amanda on instagram because she was so like public mm-hmm. about posting it and she like oh i don't know if at the time she said she was like staying at his house but they were on a broadway show together yes nick and zach like yes stars over broadway yeah, maybe yeah. or something or something like that yeah and he was trying to and nick was trying to make it in hollywood yeah they so, had just moved and so and uh-huh. i still follow her and i follow her sister well i don't follow her but i follow her sister who lives in paris and she's writing a book oh but it, anna in any case and i wrote that's the book that i was like when i was reading it um matt was like oh. should you stop <laughs> reading that i we read were talking, like, the book yeah. that like because uh, I was so- sobbing hysterically, physically crying um, uh, with her, like, memoir that she wrote with Aunt- Amanda mm-hmm. and Anna wrote it together. Because Anna, like, flew in from mm-hmm. Paris to L.A. to, like, stay with them and help with their baby and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I, that's, like, all I know about yeah. him because I've never watched Scrubs. Yeah. and any- Or anything. Did you find his other movies that he's made as interesting or as compelling? Yes. Oh. Um, I do. I've loved everything that he's put out. I don't know what it is about his eye as a director, but like sometimes like, and it's not that it's like anything incredible, like, wow, that was such a, it's just, he has a very good eye for angles and framing. Hmm. And there was a scene in this movie um, where there's a teenage girl who convinces Florence Pugh's character to go to a party with her. And they're okay. at this party, and um, she gets the teenager gets drugged. Okay. And so oh. Florence's character is trying to break into this room oh. where this girl is. And 
at the same time, they've all realized that they're missing, and so everyone comes rushing into this party, like Morgan Freeman and everyone, and he's like, it you know it causes this big huge scene and after this big explosion where everyone's like you we gotta go like get the heck out of here when they all turn around and they walk out of that party they're all like in a line and it's just like the lights from like the Mm. party it was Mm. the most beautiful scene Mm. i think i have ever seen and but it wasn't like anything special yeah like i was just like i leaned over to john and i was like that is one of the most well shot like just talent scenes yeah. I have ever seen. It'll be curious to see if this propels Morgan Freeman to stardom. <laughs> maybe it could. Like if that Morgan it, Freeman cat if the, goes on yeah, to have if he a goes career. on to do other things. I think it's interesting when stars like that choose projects because like yes. he, he he does d- not need he the money. Ha- exactly. So, so he, it's like he's only doing it because he wants right. to or really right. thinks it's a story to tell or is compelled by the character or whatever. And there was a movie that Zach directed he didn't write. Um I can't remember what it was. I didn't watch it just because it came out during COVID and I would like to, but it's Morgan Freeman, Alan Alda and somebody else, and it's these three old guys that are, like, going to rob a bank. It's a comedy. Okay. And Zach Braff directed it. Okay. So I was like, well, I think it probably speaks a lot that Zach directed Morgan Freeman, mm. and then Morgan Freeman chose mm. to work with him again on another project. Yeah. It's nice. But, yeah, all of all of his movies have moved me when I was in college that was when garden state came out with natalie portman and that was a beautiful movie and he's very good about that's new writing. jersey right mm-hmm. is the garden state mm-hmm. okay he's very good about writing kind of what's going on in his life without directly mm-hmm. like with telling a beautiful story and it not being like a direct representation of what's going on so i feel like his movies have matured with mm. him mm. but they're heavy man he writes heavy stuff. Did he write Scrubs or write for? Um, I don't know that he ever did any writing. He did some directing. Yeah. I don't know. There was an episode where they did a musical. Okay. And I don't know if maybe he did some writing for that. I don't. I don't quite remember. But it was. Mm. I want to go and see the movie again. I want you to. Yeah, let's want you go. To come. Let's go. Because it was just so good, and now I'm ready. I'm ready for it to like be on Netflix so I can just watch it nonstop. Yeah. Because it's like once I do, it's like I need to. See, I want to see it again, again, yeah. yeah. Especially to have been so like a, such a big impression of mm-hmm. it from seeing it just the one time. Well, and I told John there were like maybe if there were maybe twenty people in the theater, yeah, with us. And at the end, it was sad, and I it said to John afterwards, I was like. I was ready to literally like sob, yeah. but I felt like I was the only one crying. Oh, <laughs> hmm. so I just held it in. I held it together. You but didn't let yourself feel feelings. I didn't let myself feel feelings. I didn't. Hmm. But yeah, so Zach Braff and I are getting married. Okay, I'm happy um, for you. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I mean. Hmm. I'll keep you posted on the on the yeah, on the updates. So we have the New York updates. Times. Stay yeah. tuned for New York Times. <laughs> the article and the, yeah, if yeah, and, and if I get married, and if you get married to Zach Braff, mm. I'm waiting for him to follow me next. I just annoy him enough. Will he follow me? Probably. 
I started really super commenting over and over and over again once I started getting responses from him. That doesn't seem stalkerish or No, I just all. wanted to see how many times he would like stuff, and he did several times. Yeah. Do you think you're on a list? <laughs> I'm not on a blacklist, because I can still see his profile, so he hasn't mm. blocked me, so that's, that's good. a good thing. And then, uh, yeah, so that was my emotional turmoil. And then we went to Ira Glass and you cried. Yeah, for so. Really, no particular reason, <laughs> just due to the sight of him. Yeah, I was overcome. Really. You were very overcome <laughs> with something. Yeah, so I love public radio, number one. And I love Ira Glass, obviously. I, we don't, I don't know him personally. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, stay tuned for that as well. But I love This American Life. Not, I love the podcast, This this American Life. We love this Canadian life. Yeah, right. Uh, So I was so excited to hear him speak. It was the first time I saw him speak in person. And I just felt just such a strong overwhelm of, like, my appreciation for his ability to tell stories. I think he asks really good questions. I think he's just really smart about things. And so it's like, it's just amazing to be able to like experience that. I don't know. I just was overwhelmed and I would pull myself together for 20 or 30 seconds and then start crying again. And (laughs) that's true. But it was great. I didn't super know what to expect from like what the program would be like, but it was really, really good. I was just thoroughly impressed with the fact that all of the technology he was using oh, worked. Yeah. And like that because he was able I to do feel that at the like, time. Yeah. Like, so he was like live mixing music. I'm explaining this to our listeners and also to John in the booth. On his but like iPad. He had an iPad and as he would tell an a story mini even, he I would think. pull up music and yeah. he would fade it in fade and it let in. it play and fade it out. It was like it, it was so cool to watch him do that live and it not be like a post mm-hmm. production thing. Music's really really important with mm-hmm. this American life. I think it, he really uses it to contribute to his storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think it is impressive that he could just, like, do it and talk about, like, somebody asked about, that was one of the questions that was asked at the end, and by someone in the crowd, and um, he was talking about, like, how he uses it, timing with it, I don't know, that's just so, so beyond me, mm-hmm. so things that I don't know anything about are always so interesting but to me. it was me. like, even he was, like, playing music, and then there was video and the projector, and it yeah. was, yeah, that always just impressive to me. Yeah. But yeah, he's a great storyteller. He also, uh, so the title of his talk was, what was it? Seven Things I've Learned? Yeah, like Seven seven Lessons lessons I've I've Learned. learned. Yeah. And uh, he talked for a good portion about how you have to be bad at something before Mm. you can be good at it. Mm -hmm. And so he was sharing some of his first stories. And so we were kind of laughing because we're like, oh, well, it's us. That's right. It's us. He was speaking to us. Yeah. And then one of the audience questions was, well, what's your eighth? Yeah. A piece of advice then. And whatever he said, he was like, oh, crap, that was already one of the first seven. And he was laughing. Start and and do it anyway. Yeah. And he was like, just do it. You just need to do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. You just need to do it. Words to live by. Words to live by. But it was a, it was a lovely evening. Um, so I was happy to have, to have went with you. Mm. Touch and go at the bar a little bit beforehand, but we held it together. Well, yeah. That, 
is a story to come. That, if we get our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get have, into the gentleman that yeah. we spoke to at the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not maybe necessarily for public mm-hmm. consumption. Although I did really think he was going to try to mansplain the March Madness tournament to us. Yeah. For a moment. And yeah. I was really concerned, but... Things took a much bigger, bigger, bigger turn, turn than that. So yeah. I should have just been happy that I thought he was just going to mean. Yeah. Just a regular old mansplainer. Yeah. Nope. It was not that. Nope. It was not that. Oh, I, I have a good to deal with uh, mansplaining. I okay. have a good, I have a good. Um, ditty. A good ditty for okay. that. So we can talk about that after the break. Okay. Sounds good. And we're back. So, you want to talk about mansplaining? Oh, boy. Do I? I want to talk about mansplaining. Okay. Because the patriarchy can't handle it. Right. There's a new, well, I don't know if it's like a new popular thing, but I saw it on TikTok. So, it counts, right? Okay. So, the, the thing was, you know, mansplaining is one thing. He peeding. Okay. When men... Uh-huh. When a woman tells a man uh-huh. something, yes, an idea, a thought, okay, what have you, uh-huh. and then they repeat it oh. as if it was their oh, own idea. No, yeah, he peats. <sighs> I feel like men who may. Yeah. mansplain and he peed maybe. and he peed uh-huh. are the same men who what did we determine it was called learned oh. helplessness oh, yeah, 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 yeah. what is it called learned i don't know you're the one you told me oh basically it's like you describe it while i look up what it's called okay so my understanding of it is it's like basically men continue to reinforce what have been traditional like gender-based roles in the home as like well i don't know anything about that it's like, what's for dinner? Oh, I don't know. I can't, you know, I just catch things on fire if I light the stove. Like that. That's like what we mean, right? Where yeah. it's like, and so they reforce these like normative patterns in their relationship, which then perpetuates it with their children, because of course they're the type of men that have children also. And so then it's like the next generation of mansplainers and he peters is following us along. I think it is just called learned helplessness. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's really uplifting stuff so I, there. Okay. Really super uplifting stuff. So this is a bit of a turn in conversation. We're taking a turn. We're taking a turn. I think for the better. But I have a theory, I want a historical theory that I'm curious your thoughts on. Am I going to be able to participate? Yes. Yes, okay. yes. So I recently had the opportunity to att- opportunity to attend at like a suburban library. So not my city library system. This was outside the suburbs. Mm-hmm. An author event about the orphans mm-hmm. and orphanages mm-hmm. of our city that we live yes. in. Okay. I so, remember you telling me about going to the event. Yeah. So the book Orphans and Orphanages of the city and the event were not as exciting and thrilling as one would maybe think or want them to be. So why I was interested in this in the first place is because, as you know, I'm the editor 
of our like neighborhoods community newsletter mm-hmm. that's distributed quarterly. Mm-hmm. And so really I was interested in this from like a journalistic perspective because there was an orphanage in our neighborhood actually on the street that I live on. Oh. Um that was torn down I believe in like the 60s or 70s. Hmm. I hope this isn't enough information for someone to find me and murder me. Okay. But in any case... Stay sexy, don't get murdered. Yeah. It was used pr- up until pretty recently. Like, we, As an orphanage? Sh- yeah. Um, and so I wanted to see... I was interested in pursuing it because I wanted to put something in the newsletter about like right, this about specific and orphanage like, look or at pictures this little or historical, get resources or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in any case, this was not that and did not have anything to do with that. Basically, the book just talked about like... Did you read the book before you went to the event? Yeah, I read it, but it's mostly pictures. And then it's just like, and this person went on to marry this person and they (laughs) had kids. And like, even some of those people were like at this event, which is fine and interesting to them, I'm sure. But like, that's not the what I wanted from the book. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not mm-hmm. the information I was seeking. But in any case, this library has one of the last. I'm not going to explain this properly, but it has one of the last remaining like Civil War club rooms. So basically, there were these like organizations developed after the Civil War ended mm-hmm. that basically became like fraternal groups for men that had fought in the Civil War. And they made these, like, rooms of where they would meet and, like, house, like, artifacts from the war and just, like... And so, in any case, this library has one of those, like, last remaining buildings or or last remaining rooms in its building. Is it, like, protected? Yeah. And so, it was... So, apparently, it was just totally closed and locked for 50 years. Wow. Like, somebody just, like, shut the door one day in, like, the 30s. And locked it. And then in the 80s, they, like, unlocked it. And all this stuff was, like, still preserved. Wow. And so now you can, like, tour it and everything. And there was a docent. So that was super interesting. But the room beside it and the room that the actual author event was in was was called the Lincoln Room and had, like, dozens of pictures of Abraham Lincoln. Like, Hmm. of portraits of, like, different times in his life. And they each had, like, a little description. In any case... (laughs) This is a very big buildup to say, I think Abraham Lincoln might have had Marfan syndrome. (laughs) All of that. Yes. That all of that. Well, yeah, because it's an interesting buildup. All right. So, okay. Can we get a definition of what that is first? Okay. So Marfan syndrome. Okay. Some people don't. I'm being. Okay. Helpful. So, so Marfan syndrome is a genetic condition that is marked by several like physical characteristics, mm-hmm. being tall, mm-hmm. having like very long digits, so like long fingers, mm-hmm. um, and then you're at a higher risk for very like weak vascular structures. So like it's common to have like an uh, like your aorta ruptures can be something that you can be like going along and then your aorta ruptures because it shreds. Anyways. So, I was looking... So, so why? Because he has long fingers and he was very tall? Yeah, so, listen, he was very tall for he his He was also time. honest. It is... T- I don't think that's one of the markers. <laughs> if you research Marfian Syndrome person, DM us. Slide into our DMs about it if you know. We need to talk about that of, at some point in time. If that's you one can't of the, say that. Say what? Slide into my DMs. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. It doesn't always mean that. Okay, I listen. think it does always okay. mean that. So, he was very tall for his time. 
Okay. And then I distinctly remember when I went to Washington, D.C. for the very first time when I was eight years old. At the Lincoln Memorial, the very mm-hmm. friendly guard man said that, look at his hands, like how long his fingers and like swollen they were from like. So I think that's a known thing that's um, even carved into the Lincoln Memorial. But like maybe the person who did the carving just did a bad job. No, it was intentional. And then it's how do you know it was intentional? I'm staring at all these portraits for this like two hour event. <laughs> because thinking you can't. About, because the, I wasn't not, getting what I wanted right, from, from the, the orphans orphans. And orphanages authors. So I was just really focused on it. And also like his earlobes look different. Like just in every portrait. It was a common common Did you thing. Google it to see if like anybody else has said that? I did not Google it. I'd be interested to see if anyone else. Obviously, I'm not condoning assassination. Obviously. What does that have to do with him having this syndrome? But I'm just wondering if that cut, like, he could have maybe suffered a medical emergency. because of the vascular issue. Right. And so, like, Hmm. if that contributed to the bleeding, because he survived the initial shooting and died, like, the next day. So. (sighs) I I don't know. I don't know where where to go. Excuse me. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone's considered this. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm surprised you didn't Google it. It was rousing. Did I, I enjoyed um, the Harry Houdini story better. But that was a good one. It was a long journey to get where we were going with Abe there. Because, but I think, all right. Sorry for the long story, everybody. <laughs> I liked it. That's good. In the- <laughs> I wonder if anybody, like, what if I'm the pers- first person that's ever thought that? Then you better patent it and become rich. Trademark. Trademark. Abraham Lincoln Marfan Syndrome Trademark 2023. Okay. All right. Well, it's out there, so. It's out protected. there. Now it's protected. Mm-hmm. So, I did get from the event some resources. So, I'm hoping to still, like, the resources that they used through the city library system, actually. Um, So, maybe I'll still be able to find some stuff to put in the newsletter. It's tough. That's a letdown. I'm not good at finding stuff like that. Like, if it doesn't just immediately come up in Google, I don't know how to find it. Beyond, like, digging and reference and things like that. I'm a great Googler. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, to go to, like, the library and do, like, cross-reference, reference work. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've lost that mm-hmm. at a time. So. I also feel like even when I was still in school, libraries were becoming, like, less accessible. Because everything was so digital that it was, like, a lot of the stuff, if I was going to go research things, it was, like, well, you just get online and you get the research article and you know like there wasn't as much you know going through the card catalog and like all the good stuff from when we were kids yeah or like when people you know you could go and look at newspapers and pull newspapers up and yeah i mean i think you can still do that now but a lot of newspapers are just digital so it's like well you don't have the glory of being able to do that which is kind of sad it's very sad all right. On that note, shall we take a break? Let's do it. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to come back and uh, play a game. Okay. And welcome back. Choo-choo. Red flag? Green okay. flag. Okay. Oh, boy. 
All right. Red flag, green flag. Okay. Someone Hmm. who lies to protect you from getting hurt. Oh, God. Uh, Red flag. You just, you want to be hurt? Bring on the pain. <laughs> yeah, because I just, like, they lie. Can I ask clarifying questions or no? It's yeah. just, like, gut instinct. Like, well, I like, mean, it could be gut, but, yeah. Okay, so, like, one time they do this or this is, mm. like, a habitual thing? All right, I'd say maybe green flag if it's a one-time thing, but then yeah. if it's habitual, maybe, yeah, it is Yeah, green flag. because you're just lying yeah. then. And then also you don't get to decide what hurt to protect people from to some point. Fair enough. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag, green flag. (laughs) They ignore me when I'm talking. How much do you talk? (laughs) And what are you talking about? Is it substantive (laughs) and interesting? No, obviously, red flag. Well, is this for like your. Like, is this like an. Like, I guess, like, a. Like, like friends if it's like or, an intimate person or for even co- close friend, which I count as being intimate relationships. I, I like, think you can have levels of friendship that are intimate, not in the same way that like relation, like sexual relationships are, but are so important and dear that there's an intimacy there. So that's a red flag. If like one of your like main people is not listening to you. Huh? Are you still talking? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Fine. Red flag. Red flag. Uh, red flag. <laughs> green flag. Uh, they care more about being your friend than being right. Huh? That was John in the booth leaving the yeah, booth. John that's what just happened just now. Yeah. They care more about your relationship than they do about being right. Okay, so is that like, what I said? That's so, what I'm saying now. So basically, like they would let something go that they were right about for the sake of preserving the friendship. Yes, green flag. But what if it's something they feel super strongly about, and it like it it. I don't know the word I want to use, but it, you know, like it affects them, like their being. Like their deeply, deep convictions. Yes. Like deeply held convictions. Right. Well, I mean, if, I guess that's their choice though. Like if they would rather let that go to maintain the friendship, then Mm. they get to make that choice. If they're saying, I value this more than you seeing this my way or whatever. I think it's a green flag. That's a choice that they get to make. It's a cost of admission they're willing to pay. Ooh, cost of admission. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Green flag. Okay. People whose relationship are on their terms. Red flag. Red flag. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, because... I mean, are there I de- people that actually have to Google that? Do, to be that like, is it a red flag that... Someone only wants to be my friend on their terms. Listen, I look back. I was actually just thinking that this week that I look back on like a relationship I had for years in my early, Mm. in my very early 20s. And like the things that I ignored in that relationship that that I like. And so like, I just think you get, I think there are a lot of people in relationships like that where for whatever reason it doesn't end. 
It just keeps going. It just keeps going. And so then it's harder to see, like, all the reasons it should end when you're in it. Because Mm -hmm. you're, like, in it. And you're, like, committed to it. And you tell yourself really stupid things. Like, oh, this is just how it is. Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs. Like, you just see, like, other relationships that are similar in terms of, like, how the communication happens or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so that just, like, makes you accept what you shouldn't. Yeah, Yeah. like less than what you should. So it's just kind of a bummer because it's like I feel like a lot of people are with people that do not really make them happy and do not support them the way Mm -hmm. that they should. And they feel like, I don't know, like leaving just doesn't occur to them or they feel like they can't for whatever reason, fiscal reasons or whatever. That always makes me so sad. But it's, I mean, it's so easy to get stuck in a relationship like that to, to feel like you can't leave. And sometimes it's like not even... It's like financially. Right. Like right. You're feels just like they're like trapped. Yeah. I try to be nice to myself about it because it's like, well, number one, I can't change that it happened. So it's like. And you're not, you're not in that situation anymore right. either. So you did. You eventually got it overcame. there. But it's like embarrassing that it took that long. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Our frontal lobes weren't fully developed, fully developed 20, at that yeah. point in time. Yeah. Uh, red flag, green flag. Hmm. Knows how to make me feel better when I'm sad. Oh, green flag. Oh, green flag. Obviously, yeah. Duh. This is not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like red flag, green flag, like your friends aren't afraid to talk to you about their poop. I thought it would be funny. These are like way more serious. Well, like they're like red flag, green flag. Should I stay in this abusive relationship? No. Okay. Red flag, green flag. Your friend isn't afraid to talk to you about their poop. Green flag. Green flag. Why not? Why not? I just don't know anymore. Is this the end? It could be the end. I feel like I thought there were going to be more fun ones, but they're not. Like, calls me names I don't like. What? Red flag. No, no, that's a green flag. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that you like, don't like? Well, I don't know. All right, red flag. Red flag. All right, well. Thanks. I just, now I feel like I'm overcome with the fact that people have to Google this. Yeah, listen. And that makes me sad. If you're listening sad. and you're in a situation where you're getting less than what you deserve, Seriously, seriously, get out, get out, because it's better to be like by yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what we've learned today. That's right. And maybe Abraham Lincoln has Marfan syndrome. And maybe Abraham Lincoln. We're going to Google that. There'll be an update next week on if he did, if he does or if he did or doesn't. You got to do some research on that, I think. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Swipe up and subscribe. Swipe up and subscribe. Oh, we do have follow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Red Balloons Podcast. And on Twitter, it's just Red Balloons Pod because there's a character limit on uh, Twitter handles. I don't tweet. Yeah. I'm not on the Twitter. The Twitter isn't really that active, but swipe up and subscribe. Yeah. Follow us on social media. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Thanks for stopping stopping by. by.